audience. And so with uh, through PickFu, you can reach an audience. Uh, you can choose from an audience. Uh, we have a reach of over 10 million in the US and 5 million internationally. And when you run a poll, all it is is one question, your creatives, and uh, you can choose between getting responses between 15 to 500 people. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. And I am super glad to have you here today because I have my most amazing guest, John. John, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do. Yeah. So uh, my name is John. I'm one of the co-founders of PicFu. Uh, PicFu is an online consumer research platform. It lets um, it lets marketers, product people, and entrepreneurs uh quickly pull their target audience and get feedback about their marketing creatives or whatever creatives they have, um, typically in under an hour. Wow. Okay. So I normally would ask you how you got into that, but I really want to know how it does that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, my myself and my co-founder, Justin, we're, our backgrounds are in software engineering and product. And yeah. um, we built PicFu as a software layer that connects existing third-party consumer research panels together with software. So typically, uh, a large company like Procter & Gamble, they would have an in-house market research, like a market insights team. Those people would work with uh, market research consultants. Those market research consultants would then work with these panels to figure out, okay, we need a, we need a panel of like 50 moms to help give feedback on the next, uh, let's say next flavor of Honey Nut Cheerios or whatever, right? And then right. there'd be this big chain. So PicFu eliminates all of that, connects you directly with that consumer panel and lets you ask them uh, directly about the stuff that you're working on. Nice. So how does it do that? You just have a ton of people automatically like always connected to you going, yeah, I want to give you my feedback or... Yeah. So those panels do. And then we connect to those panels and we connect a whole bunch of them uh, all at once. And so with uh, through PicFu, you can reach an audience. Uh, you can choose from an audience. Uh, we have a reach of over 10 million in the US and 5 million internationally. And when you run a poll, all it is is one question, your creatives, and uh, you can choose between getting responses between 15 to 500 people. Nice. And is it... Um... So is it usually product-based? Is it usually marketing-based? What do Everything. people usually put on there? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, basically anything that you would want to um, think of it like an online focus group or anything that you would want to put in front of someone like at a coffee shop to get feedback on. Um, so for example, if you're an entrepreneur, you are trying to come up with a name for your business and you have a list of names, you could put the list of names up on PicFu and have people vote and then give written responses. If, you're, if your designer has made logos for you and you're trying to figure out which logo to use, you can use PicFu for that and get feedback from, let's say, uh, let's say you have a company, the dog walking company. Um, and you need to you need to get the opinion of your customers who would be dog owners, right? You can go to PicFu and take your dog walking company logos, put them and uh, put them up and choose from an audience of only dog owners to give you feedback to say, okay, well, you know, if you were choosing a dog walking service, like which logo would be the most like impressive or which one would you uh, like inspire the most trust? Um, so testing creatives, testing uh, digital ads, testing your headline copy. You can send them to your webpage, get feedback, all of that stuff. 
Nice. And they're real people. So this is an AI based first interview. And in, I don't know how many months <laughs> AI based. There's actually real people back there. Oh, it's absolutely real people. I can show you a ton of examples, but we don't need to get into it. But it's absolutely it's real people. You yeah. will see um, both in terms of how quickly, quickly they respond, all their typos and how uh, blunt <laughs> they are in their unbiased feedback that they are yeah. absolutely real people. Yeah, nice. we, we, we have a lot of systems pays. to make sure that they're, yeah, we have a lot of, because because every panelist gives a written response. So you understand not only like what they voted, like what they preferred, but also why we're mm -hmm. able to use that written response and do all kinds of, um, you know, crazy technical analysis and machine learning and all that stuff to make sure that they're paying attention to the things that you want them to pay attention to. Very cool. So you said you can ask them one question with your creative is there a reason that it's one? Can you do kind of a, a series of them, even though you may get different audience participation in those? Even like work? a full form survey or something? Yeah, let's say you have yeah. six questions um, you wanted to ask them. Yeah, but yeah, good question. Um, so for now, we built it. Uh, we built it with simplicity in mind so that anyone could yeah. use it. And so right now, it's limited to one. We are working on um, sort of a longer form multi survey, uh, multi survey format to be able to have a whole, if you have a whole bunch of questions you wanted to ask, let's say your dog owning audience, like target customer, then you could totally mm -hmm. do that. Like, so that's coming soon. Right. So say, let's stick to the dog example sure. of the logo yeah. is say you wanted to go, well, I, I want to know, you know, which one would they trust? Which one do they think is reliable? Which one do they think? Uh, and in the end, which one are they going to click on? If you can't decide like one of those is the most important. I personally would pick which one would you click on? Yeah, <laughs> same. Going in the end, it's like, all I care about is what you're going to do. But say hypothetically, somebody was concerned about those things. So I could send out one questionnaire with, do you think this is a reliable company? And then it's going to go out to 50 people. And the next question is, you know, do you, would you trust this company? It's going to go to it, turn around their 50. And mm -hmm. then in the end say, would you click on this? It's going to yeah. go to you can just run multiple polls. That's totally okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can just run multiple polls. Um, there's no members. There's no membership fee required. You just pay per poll. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So, have you noticed that this um, that anybody in particular has been using this? That it, you know somebody is getting the most amount of. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Reaction? We have uh, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of users both uh, both from like solo entrepreneurs up to sort of some really well-known household brands and companies using PicFu um, in, in a bunch of different verticals. So some of our core ones are publishing. If you're writing a book, um, if you're writing a book, you know, they say no, like don't judge a book by its cover. Everyone judges a book by its cover, right? <laughs> um, so PicFu is fantastic for testing your book cover, your book title before publishing, because you can't take that back once, once it goes out there. So, um, so we see a lot of book cover tests and, uh, um, in gaming, if you're creating like a board game, if you're creating a mobile game, creating some kind of platform game, we see a lot of, um, game development, like testing characters, uh, game storyline, concept art, all of that stuff. Also marketing, if you're going into an app store, mm -hmm. um, and then particularly e-commerce. So, um, kind of similar to Procter & Gamble where they're putting product on a physical shelf. On e-commerce, there's this concept of a digital shelf, right? Like whether you're mm -hmm. selling on your own Shopify store, like your DTC store, or you're selling on a market, like a marketplace like Amazon, which is super competitive, having the right 
imagery, the right, the right product images, the right product titles, um, and descriptions and so on is makes all the difference between whether someone clicks on your, you know, dog product versus your competitor's dog product. And so PicFu is like mm -hmm. outstanding for being able to optimize those kinds of listings, those kinds of e-commerce listing creatives mm -hmm. to drive better results for e-commerce businesses. Nice. And I would think a hundred percent more reliable in the end than putting it out on Facebook and going, Hey guys, what do you think? <laughs> which is yeah, or sending it to your yeah, or sending it to your friends and family and just being like, Oh, well, which one, what do you think? Yeah, right. Think? Like, and, and of course they're going to, they're going to be super supportive. Um, we actually, <laughs> exactly. we have a lot of marketers pre-testing Facebook ads actually, because yeah. you know, Facebook, Facebook, I, I know they rattle, they ratcheted back their targeting, but they still allow some kind of interest targeting and so on, which you don't get with Facebook uh, besides having to spend a bunch of money to like throw enough people at it. Like you get the clicks, but you don't understand the why. So with every PicFu poll, you're getting both clicks and also written responses. So because you might have two very different ads that you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. Um, one ad, one ad might get more clicks, but it might be sending the wrong message or the audience might be getting the wrong takeaway from it. Right. Yeah. But if, but if you, if you're able to put them up on PicFu and pretest them, then you can at least be sure that the ad, both ads are, you can un understand what message each ad is sending so that, um, so that you can be confident to actually put that out there on the marketplace. Okay. So if I'm catching your vibe here, because Facebook has ratcheted back their, um, they're targeting here. I can still pick those people because they're voluntarily telling me yes. this, this is what's going on for me. And yes, I fit that bill. So now when I put out an ad, instead of thinking that I'm putting it out to the right people, I'm, I might not be able to address that target in Facebook ads, but I know that the messaging works to get the one. So if, even if I'm only getting half as many click throughs on my same target, at least I know yes. that they're the right ones in the end. Yeah. You can use PicFu to make sure that your messaging, yeah, that your messaging resonates with your target audience on yep. PicFu first, because we have the target audience, then you can go put it out there. And so, yeah, maybe it might not get an overall bigger number of clicks, but you know that that message is hitting the audience that you're going for. Okay. Peeps, if you haven't caught on to this, this is quite brilliant because right now with the whole people freaking out about everybody knowing all their data, they're not giving up their data, totally. but you need to be able to get your message out to the people that you want it to, because there's a huge difference between getting a, and this drives me nuts, owning a tech company, this drives me nuts, is that they'll go, oh yeah, but this one has more click-throughs. This one has a higher response rate. And I'm like, I don't want a higher response rate. I don't want what everybody wants. I want what six people on this planet want, and I want to find them. Yeah. Like, how do I find them? So by being able to go and run it through PicFu and then going and doing the ad on Facebook, even though I might get a sixth of them, I'm getting those six people that I'm looking for, Yeah, which is yeah. paramount in marketing. You don't because I don't pay care for if I'm spending $100 and getting 100 yeah. responses. I want to spend $100, get three responses and get three sales, which in yes. the end is all I care about. Nice. Mic drop. Nice. You're done. Okay. And this is one of the reasons that I was so excited about this, because I think that with the cost of um, consumer panels and it's just, it's just, it has never been accessible to small business. Yes. Just it hasn't before. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And with the, 
I'm going to continue to use the term ratcheting back on target markets in um, in all forms of ads, it has been particularly difficult to get into the right people at the right time because a lot of people don't understand kind of how this works. If you sell dog fences, you don't want anybody that has a dog. You want somebody that has a big enough dog to be able to get through the fence yeah. that's in your, yeah. in your area, which makes for interesting advertising because you have to be able to hone in on that individual person. Mm -hmm. Nice. And going, yeah, just do the interview for me. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep going. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. So let, let's go with, um, what, what's your favorite part of your business? What do you absolutely love about it? Um, I love hearing from customers who, um, um, whose problems we can help solve. Honestly. Well, good segue. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Uh, I can give you a small one or a huge one. Or both. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, I'll start with the large one first. Um, so in the Amazon world, there's, uh, there's a concept uh, that came out a couple of years back called an Amazon aggregator. Basically, if you think of Amazon, the people selling on Amazon as mom and pop shops, the aggregators come in and buy up the mom and pop shops, right? They buy up these listings that are already performing pretty well. They already have a product. They're selling a couple hundred units a month and they see potential there. So they're going to buy up these listings and they're going to try to optimize them, right? They, they, they buy and grow is what they try to do for these Amazon brands. And they buy a whole bunch of them so that they can have economies of scale. Um, so they're one of the biggest ones, their name is Thrasio. Um, they kind of pioneered this whole concept. One of their their flagship product at the beginning is this product that was a pet deodorizer. It's called Angry Orange. Now, when they bought this product, it was doing $2 million a year on Amazon. Great product, ugly bottle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, very poor design and like nothing fancy about it. And so the creative director at Thrasio had this uh, hypothesis that, okay, well, they have a great product, great reviews. We're going to buy this. We're going to redo the packaging on, on the bottle and also like, and, and, and everything rebrand it. Um, so they bought it and they went through 200 designs in-house. Um, he was fixated on a handful of really expensive designs, but you know, like a bright orange bottle is what he wanted to go with. Now, the problem with that is that, um, retooling to have an orange bottle would cost $50,000. So is it worth it to rebrand something that's already working for $50,000? How do you validate that decision? So they use Big Foo. So they ran, um, they ran six, I think either four or six polls with their top eight uh, finalists on those bottle designs. And lo and behold, the winner was actually that bright orange one that he favored, but you know, he didn't want to push it. And so uh, running it across, um, you know, a bunch of different pet owners and so on. The cost of those pick food polls for those four, four or six polls was about $800. They, but the feedback they got validated their $50,000 rebrand decision. They went forward, rebranded it, um, redid the bottle and everything. And the, the, the very day that they relaunched it on Amazon, it went from a $2 million a year product to a $20 million a year product on Amazon, nice. like overnight. So that was a 10X. So that was like a 10X return on that product. Awesome. And, I, and I'm going to say that 
it, it's a lot more than that because when you go to re rebrand a product is much different than branding a product yeah. because when you go and brand a product, you can throw it out and you sell it before you've sold anything. Right. So if nobody yeah. buys the design, you don't care because you haven't built any, you haven't done anything yeah. with it yet. The problem with having a, a business or a product that's already marketable and doing well is that not only do you, if a, if it's a bad design decision, not only have you spent the 50,000 on the designing, you're also losing all of the revenue that you yes. would have had yes. that aren't buying it now because they don't longer recognize it. They don't care, whatever the case might be. So it's yeah. a way more expensive decision to make a wrong rebranding decision than it is to make a wrong branding decision. Absolutely. There's that, uh, there's that downside opportunity cost, right? Nice. That is yeah. awesome. Okay. So that was fantastic. And give us a smaller example. Okay, so the tiny example would be, um, oh, we have a whole bunch of them. Um, so the tiny example is that there is this, uh, we'll go to a different vertical in publishing. There is this guy named Al Podell. You can look him up. Very colorful character. And he's had he's lived a life of um, adventure around the world. And he traveled to every, one of his life's goals was to travel to every single country around the world. It only took him about 50 years. But he did. He did it right, and um, so he was writing a book about his uh, about his life of travel, so around the world in fifty years, I believe was the title. And he, um, you know, he's, he's a very opinionated character, as one might need to be to be able to do this world travel. So he was work. He's having this crazy debate with his editor, um, like his publisher, and and you know, he's he's connected enough and notable enough to have a big name publisher and he's butting heads with the publisher and he wants to have this these book covers um that are sort of more um piecemeal like a photo collage of some of the people that he's met and so on and the book publisher has their professional designer um you know their their design is one of a bunch of passport stamps like around the the book cover now most of the time publishing stories, you know, our publisher um, success stories on PICFU are actually the opposite, where the author wins over their publisher and book designer by getting feedback from the target readership, right, on PICFU. Yeah. This case, it's actually the opposite. So Al comes in and he's like, I, you know, I believe that these, my hand-drawn covers or whatever, are absolutely the ones that I want to do. And he runs a whole bunch of different covers cover polls between like his options and the professional one. And every single time the professional professionally designed cover wins in terms of like professionalism, number of votes, overall, you just overall appeal to the audience. So eventually after running a bunch of polls and spending some of his own money, he's finally convinced to listen to the experts, right? Like his publisher goes on, publishes it. It actually becomes a New York Times bestseller. Like they they do the full marketing push and everything. Um, we were able to, we were lucky enough to meet him at some point. Uh, we actually got autographed copies of it. And, you know, you know like very nice guy. Um, but that's kind of the story of um, validating in another way, right? From like, a, from an individual perspective. Well, and I also like that from a, <laughs> from a marketing uh, company point of view in that I can't tell you how many times I've had arguments with clients of yeah. no i want to do it this way and it's like that's not gonna sell <laughs> like we can do that and you can talk me into it but it's not gonna sell and you're gonna blame me six months from now when it doesn't sell this seems like a really inexpensive way to go hey let's just 
put it out to market, see yeah. what happens. If you still want to do your thing, great, we can. Yeah. And now I at least have proof that we went to market. <laughs> I mean, that that's why we built it in the first place is my business partner and I, we were always debating about design decisions and like <laughs> we wanted in an unbiased way to break ties, right? And to, to like validate a decision. So it's a nice, um, we've talked to a, a lot of other um, sort of agencies and service providers and they actually use Pickfu a lot to, I guess, kind of prove their work to their clients. You know, like, right. look, it's it's not just me saying this, but it's actually this target audience who was also valid, who has also validated that this is um, like an improvement. Nice. So when it comes to the people that you're interviewing, because a lot of people have opinions, opinions are cheap, but when yep. it comes to putting money on the table, like how do you know how to differentiate them from opinionated people to people that are actually willing to put money on the table when it comes oh, down you to- You mean in terms of the panelists? Yep. Yeah. So- uh, we we kind of subscribe more to the wisdom of the crowd uh, mm -hmm. policy, where it's not about um, it's not about one expert opinion. Like there's a lot of individual experts out there, right? And you can go and find that expertise. This is more about the consumer crowd. That if you get enough, um, if you get enough honest, unbiased opinions from people who are actually paying attention, that mm -hmm. will generally generally reflect sort of the the broader consumer sentiment. Um, in like the broader consumer market sentiment to whatever it is that you are that you are testing. So um, that's why we're the smallest poll that we have is 15 people. That's not statistically significant, but at the same time, those polls will usually finish in under 30 minutes or even like 20 minutes. So if you just want like a snap snap feedback, that's yeah. really easy to get some really quick feedback. Um, Typically, most of our most of our users choose polls that are somewhere between fifty the fifty to one hundred range of respondents. Those will finish in let's say about an hour to maybe two hours. Still fast enough for you to do same day turnaround and sort of iterate on your creatives um, after you've gotten like a good sample size. Nice. And so, when it comes to kind of behind the scenes, do you guys can you one go through and look and see what kind of people and polls are happening? And do you ever do that? And you find anything fascinating? Oh, you mean sort of seeing the polls that occur on our systems? Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we do. Um, I, I think we see such a wide variety of polls that it's uh, just like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, we see we see a lot of things. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of fun. We don't we don't do it for fun, but you know, like when we have to work with <laughs> like uh, help help um, customers or something, it, it's it's fascinating to see what people are testing um particularly because all of our all of our panelists uh, agree to an nda before they review any kind of material so a lot of our um, a lot of our customers their creative departments actually sort of see pickfu as a um, nice private sandbox as a way to play right because a lot of times creatives actually hold back because they know that whatever they put out there might go directly to the market and so they're kind of afraid of you know, um, like taking liberties, but when they're actually testing in PicFu, they'll probably, they'll oftentimes, uh, creatives will often start in a bunch of different directions, gather feedback, understand how each one is being received, and then they can hone and iterate, uh, iterate that journey as they're iterating on those creatives. I love this on so many scales because one, it just, it brings so much opportunity and potential to people to be able to to do that, to go from, you know, this seems really mainstream. I think people like that. And this seems way outside of the box. 
And people yeah. are saying they want creatives, but do they really? And yeah. sometimes it, they do. And sometimes they just really don't. They want <laughs> mainstream. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> awesome. I love it. So what kind of stumbling blocks might somebody be having that's listening to this right now going, oh my God, John, I need pick food so bad. Um, sorry, could you, could you rephrase the question? Yeah. yeah. What kind of stumbling blocks might they be going through? So one, they might not be getting the responses that they're looking for from their media. Uh, they're scared of putting things out uh, as far as yeah. products go without getting that feedback, anything that. Yeah. Else. So, um, so pick food, um, some of the problems that uh, we've helped our customers solve, I mean, um, low sales, right. And cause you can diagnose that in a lot of different ways. It could be, it could be your price point. It could be your packaging. It could be your marketing message. It could be, uh, you know, like the claims that you're making on the packaging, um, it could be your website, all of that stuff you can test on PickFu. So if you're, if you have low sales of any kind of product, whether that's a physical product somewhere or you, or like an info product or something, um, that's something that can, um, that we can help, help with. Um, if you're struggling to get feedback, if you're in that creative and creation process, then, um, absolutely. Like the earlier you use PickFu, the more valuable sort of that consumer panel feedback is. Uh, mm -hmm. in terms of um, steering, guiding your creative process. Um, you are obviously still in control of your own decisions. I would say that um, PickFu is more of a better way to de-risk bad decisions. Mm -hmm. um, like we can't guarantee success, right, in, in any product or anything, but at least at least you will go in with eyes wide open and in terms of understanding what the consumer, the, like the typical consumer or your target consumer is going to think about the thing that you're putting out there in the world. Right. Well, and it also, <laughs> it strikes me interesting, but you have an international database yes. as well to be able to draw on, which I think is immensely important mm -hmm. because I think that particularly in North America, we don't realize what kind of an impact our attitude goes into our marketing and our branding and how that can be either highly worshipped <laughs> and highly hated <laughs> outside yes. of it. So um, this this brings in that extra nuance. So is there one, any trends in that that you've noticed? And two, is it important that people get a variety of international feedback or is there kind of like, if you're going to go international, you know, make sure you use these six countries kind of thing. Um, before you do it. Yeah. Um, so right now, PickFu is, uh, so we we have uh, yeah, US panel, and then we have panels in Australia, Australia, Canada, uh, the UK, and Germany. And we're constantly looking to add more. Um, I would I would say it really depends on your, your target audience. If you're selling a product that's mainly, um, mostly in the US, then obviously mm -hmm. just use the US panel. If you're selling in those other countries, then definitely... Um, I think the, the, the thing that surprised me the most being, you know, based in, in the United States, but working with a lot of, uh, people who sell to Germany is that the German market is so the German consumer, the average German consumer is so different than the average U S consumer. And sort of, if you look <laughs> at, um, <laughs> if you look at any kind of listings, on marketplaces, on e-commerce marketplaces over there, it's it's just absolutely a different beast. And so we've seen people who have had amazing success selling into the U.S. completely fail when going to Germany or sort of these other countries where there's a large cultural difference because the things that would work for the for the U.S. consumer do not work in Germany 
They do not work in Japan. There's like a handful of other countries where it's sort of just the buying, the buying persona is completely different. Right. Awesome. And I guess I, I, I want to dig into everything, but I won't. I will leave the enticing and the exact questions uh, for people to get a hold of you so that they get their questions answered from you. So I know that our listeners are intrigued by this and want to get more from you. How did they start their journey with you? Yeah. Um, so PicFu is fully self-service. Um, you can just go onto the the website, um, picfu.com, sign up for a free account. If you want to run a poll, uh, panelists uh, start at a dollar per response. Since our smallest poll is $15, you could be getting feedback for $15 like right now. And so you don't need to work with anyone. If you want to work with somebody, we have a fantastic uh, customer success team who can help help guide you, do strategy calls, uh, train your team on uh, on the best ways to use PicFu in your industry and for your uses. Nice. And keep in mind, people, we don't know when you're going to be listening to this. The prices of those may change, but as of That's now, true. those are the prices. So yes. <laughs> go yeah. there and, and go and check it out. If the prices have changed, I'm sure they've changed for a reason. They're probably still incredibly affordable and we'll keep that way dollar. worth your time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep that dollar per response for as long as we humanly can. Yeah. So, nice. Yes. I love it. So Peeps, scroll the, go into the show notes, go and get the link, open it up in a new browser because we're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> so John, I get to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> um, I think I think in college, uh, we had always wanted to start a business. Um, and um, yeah, I think I think it was soon after college, we, uh, my co-founder and I we were both in sort of our large corporate jobs. Um, but it was actually the point where we had a bunch of ideas and we saw other people um, in the tech world trying those ideas. Not like we told them or anything, right? But just seeing that there were other people dumb enough to chase these ideas that we thought <laughs> that were not horribly dumb. It's like, well, if if they're dumb or smart enough to chase these dumb or smart ideas, then maybe we could also be the same way. Um, and that kind of gave us the confidence to... Um, to leave our corporate jobs and take a swing at it. Nice. I love that. Well, I can tell you how many times people in the bar are going, ah, it'd be a great idea. And then two weeks yes. later, it's on the shelf and it's like, what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it. That is awesome. You've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, no, I mean, I think just if you're building a business, um, one thing we'd like to say is it's just, it's important to test before you invest. That's all. Nice. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you, Michelle. Great great chatting with you. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.